Hello, and welcome back to the Teachers in the Hall podcast. This is episode three in season three, which is really fun to say, our October 2021 episode. I'm Erin Lark, and I love wearing rain boots, having biscuits with tea, and reading World War II historical fiction. And I'm John Zingali, uh, and I uh, really enjoy watching my kids' soccer games. Didn't, wasn't <laughs> sure about that, but that, that's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it is apple season, so Cosmic Crisps are back. I definitely enjoy that. And apple cider. Apple cider. Fall is in the air for sure. For sure. And this episode is going to be a quick one, kind of geared toward our parent audience. We're testing out brand new equipment today, and so we want to make sure it works going forward. Because one of the things we also do like to do is test out new things yes. and try new things. Play so, with toys. Yes. Um, so what's interesting is uh, as we've been floating around Twitter and uh, seeing the conversations that take place uh, in the proverbial online hallway is uh, two, two big trends we, I've seen is uh, TikTok or the TikTok as some people like to mm -hmm. call it um, and uh, teachers and where their mental health is right now. The, the big one um, I've been seeing a lot of is teachers are exhausted um, this new school year with the full in-person. We haven't been doing this for you know a long time, almost 18 months. A lot of teachers are saying they're June tired already, um, even though it's you know end of September. And so um, you know that's gonna be an important thing to manage as uh, teachers. Um, we also need to think about the mental space of our students. If we're feeling that way, how are they feeling? Um, and quite frankly, parents. How are parents feeling in all of this? Um, many are feeling relieved that, you know, school for the most part is back live and in session, and they're trying to get back to what they, the pre-COVID normal life was. Um, but parents are tired. You know, we've been living in this pandemic for about 18 months now, and uh, it's, you know, maybe there's some shorter wires and shorter fuses at home or in the classrooms and things like that. And, um, you know, kids haven't been a lot of kids haven't been in school and so bad habits have or habits have developed that um perhaps aren't the best for a learning environment and i that brings us to the TikTok piece you mentioned um i'm i i'm not on TikTok, but i hear about it all the time and one of the pieces that's been going through is students destroying school property and posting that on TikTok. and so you know that's a symptom of larger issues with school, that's a demonstration. I'm not excusing that behavior at all, um, but I am connecting that to what you just said about how everyone's feeling about things. And so, and that's, know, that, that's also part of the straw that's breaking the teacher's yeah, back. Yeah. And so these things, these are things to be aware of as an audience, depending on what your role of is in education is just keep your eyes open. And if there's some kindness you can give, some grace you can extend, or if there are some clear boundaries that need to be set, those are also a helpful, important thing to have in any child's life. And that kind of goes along with our topic today. We were trying to think of what are a few pieces of advice we could give families, caregivers, parents, guardians, everyone this time of year to maybe help you re-engage with school, uh, work collaboratively with your student and the school staff just to be involved in that education process. And one of mine kind of goes along with the whole um, pop culture piece with TikTok, although I'm not saying get a TikTok account. What I always advise parents, and I actually advise my 
pre-service teachers, the ones that are in college right now to become teachers, I advise them to pick a show or it could be an, uh, a manga or any other piece of serial entertainment that a student enjoys, maybe a YouTuber, and watch it frequently. So if that was a TV show, that would look like watching the full season of whatever that show might be. And pick one that is either around the age of your child or one that your child enjoys. Or if you are a pre-service teacher, I would suggest picking one in the age group you're looking to teach. But I think when you are engaging with pop culture, you're getting to know students and children at that age a little bit with their social development, which is a huge piece. Because if you're looking at understanding more than just the academic aspect of school, really need to understand what makes the kid tick. You know, what are they what are they looking to do? So that's a piece of advice that I always have. And, uh, you know, as things or oh, trends always come back. Right. I know friends is back in the mix again, uh, especially <laughs> yes. with, with middle schoolers. That is short and high schoolers. And so, um, you know, for that one, you might not have to rewatch it. But, you know, uh, if your if your child is watching it or referencing, you know, that can be something that you probably watched when you were, you know, younger as well. And so going back and refreshing your memory on those things. Um, but uh, definitely friends has definitely made quite the comeback. Mm -hmm. Uh, here in middle school, and they were even talking about Fuller House, oh um, gosh, which is the yes. reboot, obviously. Oh, but you know, they are because you got to watch what's on Netflix and and Hulu rather than what's actually on real TV because they don't live in that world of regular TV. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> and really, I think watching an entire story arc is important, not just a once in a while we sit down and catch an episode, but that because then you get to have conversation with a student or with students about what that story meant to them and why that was an entertaining piece to see. So it just really gives you something different. So that was my first piece. What's your first piece of advice? Jim? Yeah. Um, I think for teachers, one of the biggest things we can do is re-engage with parents or partnering with parents and families, community members, whomever is in charge of in our students' lives, uh, whether it be a grandparent because um, they're home more now, you know, a lot of families have moved back in together because of the pandemic. So you've got multi-generational homes. Um, and so sometimes the parents are still out working and the, the grandparent has taken on more of a, a role in their lives, whomever it is, um, and connecting with them. It might be email. That's kind of the easy way. But we also know that emails can just get deleted or overlooked. Um, you know, I've run into some parents who are like, oh, well, I, the email address you sent things to, I haven't looked at in three years. And it's like, that's the only email address I have on file. So all of the communication that you know, we thought you were getting this last year and a half, you're not actually getting or haven't seen because it's an old email address. And so um, picking up that phone and calling um, is powerful. Um, I know sometimes parents don't want to pick up that phone when they see the school uh, caller ID, though, because a lot of times um, that's been looked at as a, and they're calling because something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and schools are working to change that we're, we're working um you know and sometimes it's not what's wrong but just concerning um i think is a big thing like when we see things that might have a student like going backwards after we've been seeing growth with them um but also too i know myself i'm trying to also make sure i'm making positive phone calls home um because a lot of parents um 
I've, I've, I've had parents where I've, I've called them and they've cried on the phone, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're telling me that, like, that makes my day. Um, I'm like, no, like, take your kid out, go get some ice cream. Like, they've been knocking it out of the park. Um, those phone calls matter so much. They fill my cup up as a teacher because I get to tell them, uh, the, the, the family, how well they're doing. But this pandemic has stressed us all to the max. We're like a rubber band. And hearing something like that, a positive one, can maybe bring us um, back to not breaking as much. I agree. And, and thank you for that reminder, because we want to continue to share the good with each other because we need that to support us when we have to go through the tough things. We've got to believe and believe. We do have to believe and believe. Thank you, Ted Lasso. <laughs> My next quick piece of advice um, is to ask questions the minute you think of them. Now, when I say the minute, maybe you think, wait 30 seconds and, and ask, wait, do I know the answer or does my child have the answer and they just need to look for it? But the biggest thing that I think helps that relationship between home and school is when there's an issue, when there's a question, when there's a wondering that we hear about it, because it not only helps us to get that specific answer, but if there's patterns in what families want to know, what caregivers want to know, then the teacher and maybe even the school has an opportunity to get at that quickly and on a broader scale. And then we are keeping families from worrying, from stressing, from being confused. And that's another thing that school staff want. They don't want um, families to feel disconnected or disappointed in what's happening with the school with their child. So, you know, thinking about any time that you wondered what was going on. And of course, the, the whole thing, if it's, you know, what's the best schedule? Maybe that's a, we ask the child first, do a quick search of the website and find those things. But if that's not readily answered, or if your question is more along the lines of what kind of themes and topics are you talking about this year? What's gonna be important to your learning in this class or that class? It's great to ask the teacher that the first time you think about that or ask the school that the first time you think about that. That way you can be a partner throughout the year and that way we can connect and move forward together. Yeah, um, I know like in the beginning of the year, I sent out my email welcoming the students after their first week and, you know, throughout kind of like my curriculum night presentation just to say, hey, this is the stuff we're going to be tentatively covering throughout the year, you know, content wise and skill wise. Um, and then, you know, we had our curriculum night where parents showed up and asked some questions. But once again, those nights, you know, even if you can't attend them, they move so quickly. Very um, so if you've got questions, like email the teacher. Um, you know, we all try to get back as soon to parents as soon as we can and families as soon as we can. Um, sometimes we, we do feel a bit overwhelmed. So just like, you know, give the, te give the teacher some grace too. But um, like if you're really like wondering about connecting, uh, send an email, give them a phone call, um, let them, you know, that's a great way to, to do that. And um, you and I were talking the other day too, to Aaron, and, and like what's one of the things that they can do at home? And for me, it's um, checking in on your student, just quick questions and modeling an interest in school. Now, we're well aware that the, the family dynamic has changed dramatically over the last several decades. And so the 1950s dinner at home asking what, you know, it might not happen in your household, you know, and that's totally fine. Like you're doing what you need to do to put food on the table and, and things like that. But um, there might be another way to check in. 
um, you know, what, show me what you did today. Take five minutes, sit down with them. Um, you know, we specifically at our hustle, we try to turn the TV off um, and say, hey, what words did you spell, you know, work on for spelling today? Or, you know, working with our students on that. One of my favorite stories is um, one of our students uh, that we had for several years in a row, the father in this family, they had three young boys. And so what he would do once a week when the three boys had their piano lessons lined up on Mondays is in between piano lessons while one was learning, one would be waiting and doing homework. And then the other one he would take to go and get, well, not coffee for the child, but to go get tea or a little, you know, a little boba tea beverage at the coffee shop just down the street from the piano. And so each Monday, he had a half hour sit down with each one of his sons, giving that time to them. So whatever that looks like in your family, in your schedule, a really great support piece is to to make it a practice. You know, is that in my house, we sit down and look through my daughter's work plan for the week, you know, on this day. Does that mean we check in and celebrate successes? Whatever makes sense for you is great. And what's cool is that if kids tell us about it, we can also support that. So if we know that Mondays are the day you sit down, that's a great time for us to maybe give that phone call home and say, hey, your child is you know, doing a great job. We just want to let you know. We know that this is the night that you all have that conversation. So letting teachers in on that information can be, can be useful too. Yeah. But, you know, being able to model that interest and, and work with them, you know, my wife and I have been sitting down, my wife more so than I have, but, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, working through the spelling list with, with, my, with our daughter um, has been incredible. And then I, I'll, this happened last night is we, I got home from work and uh, she had just gotten home from soccer practice and all that stuff. And instead of working on it with us, she saw her two friends down the street that are in the same grade and she grabbed her spelling list and she went to them and the three of her, her and her two friends sat down and they did their spelling list together. Right. So um, by modeling that behavior with her, she's now grasping onto that and seeing the importance of it and saying, oh, hey, we can do this as uh, together as friends and learn and things like that. And that's creating that that idea of this lifelong learning. And, and we, we all I want is a passion for learning. Out and of my that's daughter. how I am. And in the middle school realm where I am sitting down with my daughter at the beginning of this first year in middle school and, and talking about what's important to school and how if she wants to work on assignments or standards again, she can. So when she gets feedback from an assignment, we practice looking at the feedback, reading it, looking at the assignment and resubmitting. Just the other day, she let me know, hey, I got this back from my teacher who helped me out. And then I went and I resubmitted and I did this. So it all became an automatic process. And that's what we want is we want to raise these fantastic children into spectacular adults who will go on and be able to, to be the champions of their own life and lead and, and fulfill everything that they want to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I had a conversation with a parent a couple of years ago, but, you know, one of the things I always stress on in our class is to be successful in a school that has eight different classes is organization. It's you, you have to be organized with what's going on. There's projects in three these three classes. There's one project in these three classes and things like that. And so, um, you know, at the end of my class, I, I've got a, a check-in sheet, kind of like a digital calendar planner thing that I make the kids fill out. And so, you know, in my emails home, I'm saying, hey, ask your kids to see their planner. You know, take three minutes at the end of the day ask them to show you their planner, you know, ask, you know, what did they work on? Um, and if they're able to tell you, then, then we know that they're, they're engaged in school. And if, if they can't, then that's where, 
you know, reaching out to that teacher um, would be helpful too. My, hey, my, my child isn't, doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, so all of these advice pieces kind of come together. And that's really what we want is, is a streamlined way to make sure that people at home are getting the support they need to continue to celebrate and encourage your child to do all they can within the school system. And so um, thank you for letting us share a little bit of advice today and uh, be a part of what you're listening to. And we really enjoy this time of year. And I know next month, John, we are interviewing our superintendent. We're really excited about that. Yeah, he's uh, going to be, you know, our, our second guest. But um, he's uh, uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and, and meeting him kind of more of in a one-on-one -on -one setting. I know he's been very, very, very busy uh, getting the ropes, even though this is kind of his old stomping grounds in yeah. Vancouver. Uh, he, uh, you know, it, it's going to be good. And I'm tremendously honored that he would find the time to sit down with us and felt that this was important enough to connect and, and share out his story and his goals for uh, the school district and, and Southwest Washington. And being a school leader. And so if there are questions that you think we could ask or you want suggestions and regardless, we hope you tune in. So if you want to contact us, there are many ways to do that. Yep. Uh, Facebook, Teachers in the, in the Hall. We are uh, on Twitter as, as well as Teachers in Hall. And I think we're still on Instagram too. I am not, <laughs> not, not quite. I'll, have, I'll, you can find us. I'll have to check that. Um, but we appreciate that. And uh, as always, thank you to uh, my brother, son of Starkiller, for his uh, wonderful music. And uh, as always, keep those conversations going. Have a good one.